The Pepper and Dylan After Show Show Podcast is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. If you have questions about claims and injury law, get real answers from James H. Brown and Associates. All you got to do is head to jameshbrown.com. The Pepper and Dylan Show. Kiss 91.7. This is all right. Pepper and Dylan, yeah, you hear them on the radio. They've been together since about 14 years ago. You must be here because you got nowhere else to go. No. Thanks for tuning in to the After Show Show. Welcome to the After Show Show. It is January 6th, our first podcast of 2021. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Please uh, rate, subscribe. Um, what, what else do you do? Do you? Do you give feedback? Can you comment? Is that a nice thing? Why don't you comment? If you review, you can leave a comment. Yeah. yeah. And because and, uh, the reviews help grow the show. And the more the show grows, when we get fired, hopefully there's a show we can still have. <laughs> Maybe. That's the idea. Uh, Pepper's still away, although today is an important day for him. This is the day that he leaves rehab and heads home. And so we'll get into some of those details coming up of exactly what he's going to do. But first, we've had a very special guest inside the studio for the last four-ish weeks, I believe. His name is Intern Savan. Intern Savan has joined us from Nate. He has saved us in our time of need. We appreciate him. Good morning, Intern Savan. Good morning. So you have a, you've received the rare opportunity to join a morning show that's been around for many, 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 many years um, and, and got to be part of that morning show. And if I was to look back at uh, where I was and what I was doing in, in my career, I would have thought that that was a very cool thing when I was younger. However... It's Robbie and I. How cool can it be? <laughs> right? Like when I was younger, like the shows I looked up to or listened to, I would have thought, oh my God, this is awesome. What a cool opportunity. But then you get here and it's us. <laughs> so what has the journey been for you so far? Like how did this come to be? Like you're older than the average person that would be in your program, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I was average for my grade. Okay. Average how old age. are you? I'm 27. I uh, just turned 27 a okay. bit ago. And, uh, but yeah, it, it came up so sudden. I was told on a Friday that I'd be with you guys on a Monday, on the next Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, <laughs> like, I'm still kind of in shock. I've tried to play it off cool. Right. I don't know if I have been. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's good. You've done a great job. <laughs> you're super cool. I thought you are too cool for us. Half the time I tell Robbie <laughs> once you leave, I'm like, ah, he hates us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't understand what his deal is. He doesn't want to be around us. Like, just get out of here. <laughs> no, not at all. All my friends, like, cannot believe, like, I don't think you guys realize how celebrity you are. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. I definitely don't. Yeah, people say that. Like, how does it feel to be a celebrity? We're not at all. Nothing. Like, in the, any way. If you want to meet the two biggest losers on the planet, <laughs> it's Robbie and I. Like, yeah. we leave here, go home, watch something on TV, and then sleep. Yeah, let alone secret, any dummy can be on the radio. You just got to <laughs> suck it up for a while, be an intern, mm -hmm, and yeah. just stick it through and good things could happen. Yeah, I, I, I never ever have looked at this show or any of the members on this show as like successful in any way. I mean, we've been doing it for 15 years off and on because uh, we got fired there for a bit. Um, but it never once have I ever thought like, oh yeah, like people would want to look up to this position. But I understand that I always wanted to look up to this position when I was younger. But I, once, you, once you get to this position, I'm just like, what the hell was I looking up to? Right. These guys? <laughs> this is like Robbie's somebody? Like is somebody thinks Robbie's a celebrity? <laughs> I, I think of radio as more like a utility. It's like heat, water, gas. Like you're working for Epcor, you're working on the radio. Like it's, it's just a job in the city. Right. And little known fact, uh, actually truth though, is Robbie is the most uh, popular person in radio in in the city what they do these uh these uh what do you call them robbie the the call out things what is it research oh, oh. The, the companies have done research for years and uh with the research they always look at the biggest radio personalities in their brands and robbie's is always at the very very top so robbie is in fact the biggest celebrity on this show and has been for years because he's out he's in the community and people just love Robbie. Well, I'm just associated with the fun stuff that we do. And I'm just lucky that I found a show that that would uh, that I could fit into. 
Because a lot of shows don't have a guy that goes out and does random stuff or has. Right. I just, I'm so lucky I get to do the fun things and I love doing that. Mm-hmm. And you've so, done them for how many years? And, and it, it's a lot of people like look up to you as the most popular person. Because in radio. that dumb stuff just seems to la- just people just seem to latch onto it. Right? Which, so, uh, what is the thing that people have talked to you, Robbie, about most in your career? Like the, the, the thing that you. Uh, oh, okay. that, that people bring up to you. There's a guy. There's, so there's a, a guy in the office working. He's fixing the cabinets in the kitchen, and I, so I saw him yesterday. I was just chatting with him, and he's like, "So what are, what are you doing here? You work at the?" And he thought he thought I worked at the other station because you see a big sign on the building for our for the station in the uh, in the building Sonic. Right. So I go, oh, yeah, you work at Sonic. I'm like, no, I'm uh, I'm on the other one. He's like, oh, okay. And I could tell he was just a sonic listener, right? Mm-hmm. And then I said, oh, I work uh, with the Pepper and Dylan show. And he's like, what's your name? I'm like, Robbie. Oh, he's like, oh, right. you're, the, you're the guy that chases the pumpkin. <laughs> so even a guy that doesn't listen to this to the station just knows about how I chase a pumpkin every every year on the day after Halloween down a hill. Right. right? And you've been <laughs> to the pumpkin race. Yeah, that was my first shift ever. With Kiss this? was with yeah. <laughs> with Robbie. I, I handed him the trophy. Oh, nice! Right. I had a handlebar mustache that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? A, so that's one of them. Have people heard you on the show now and talked to you about it and go like, "Wow, you're crazy!" Or that's the that's like you let them shave your head and to find a number. <laughs> what has it been for you during this experience so far? Uh, like it's been pretty great. Like all of my ex bosses and people I worked with have just been calling me like crazy. They're all listening now. And they can't believe I let you shave my my head. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was it was at that moment that my mom called me that day and goes like, "I think this guy's gonna fit in." And I thought, yeah, <laughs> anyone that lets you shave the back of his head to reveal numbers is is perfect for what we do. And at the end of the day, like I don't want to shave my head, mm-hmm. but it's not that big of a deal, right? Like when you the things you do, like people always say, "Oh, you have the you get always get abused, or you always get uh, you're always like the butt end of the joke." It's always fun. It's always in good fun, mm-hmm. and it's it'll grow back. Like it's it's <laughs> it could be so much worse. I think, and just to, to, for you to just embrace it is a good thing because a lot of guys will just be like, no, I'm not. I, I want to be. I want to be the guy. I want to be the host. I want my own show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be the, their whipping boy. But it's fu- it's fun. It's all in good fun. Yeah, it's it's the better job of all the jobs out there mm-hmm. is the ability to go out and go on the streets and be recognized and do the fun things and. Just be with the people. When COVID is done, that's when it's the best. This right. last this last year has been the worst for my position, mm-hmm. where I can't do anything I used to do, can't meet people, like do anything. Right, and and like you, Robbie, you love meeting people, and you love going like the, the work ethic you have outside of radio is unique to me. Like, cause uh, a lot of people that do this job, we wake up super, super early. We want to go home. We want to just relax. We want to take it easy. Robbie like thrives on then going to people's houses and helping them build a fence or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. Like after the fact, like you meet people and you're like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I want. You genuinely want to do those things. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I just, I like to be out and it genuinely liking people is just an asset mm-hmm. to this, to the job. Uh, Savan, your plan with your career. Like, I mean, you start here. That's crazy, right? Like you start, you start at uh, a major market radio station uh, right out of school. That's a hard thing to then, like a lot of uh, young people have to move across the country. They have to start in like the smallest communities ever. Well, he is still an intern. Sure, sure. And you so, might have to do that, but you, you yes. got your foot in your door. The, the, you got your foot in the door. There you go. Uh, here, right? Yeah, well... I know this opportunity is insane and like the way everything aligned for me to be here while Pepper's gone and everything, mm. it it's crazy that mm-hmm. I'm here, but that's why I, like this is a huge start for me being on your guys' morning show, but I'm I'm excited to learn, like I can't wait to ask Robbie a bunch about production and all the other things in radio. I don't, mm. I'm not just assuming that I'm going to be on the morning show now. Ah, I, I wish a, you could. I wish we could have four <laughs> people because I really do enjoy you. I think that you're yeah, you're, you're fun and you bring a great energy. Don't uh, you just to the dare room. steal my job, <laughs> Robbie. No one can steal your job. Don't worry. Well, I, and we had that conversation. Right? Like I was, I was telling Savannah, I'm like, I don't want you to get discouraged when Pepper gets back if you're doing other things. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna try to have you help us as much as we can. But there are other valuable things you could be doing around here too. So I don't want you to get discouraged if for like one week you're doing something that isn't as glamorous because it does balance out. 
in radio. That's what I found. Like there's some junky times and then there's some awesome times. <laughs> right. And it just always, it just seems to balance out. Like it, some of the awesome times for you. Can you go through a list of some of the things that just like highlight moments for you that you would not have done if not for radio? Uh, the one I, I want to do again was when uh, a couple of years ago when I lived on the roof of the fire station to raise money. Oh, mus- uh, muscular dystrophy, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. I love I love doing uh, fundraising stuff. For some reason, it's just so it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I walked to Calgary, mm-hmm. and to me, that was like a little mini vacation. Even though people were it felt so sorry for me, I know I embraced it and I took the challenge on because I wanted to see if I could actually do it. Raised ten thousand dollars in a day for the Terry Fox Foundation. Uh, just things like that. Like we 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 raised enough money to buy somebody a car a couple of years ago. Just little things like that. Which COVID have, has kind of put a, put a pause to. Right. But those are the kind of things I really, I really do love. And they make me feel good as I do them. Yeah, you, right? you've, you've been great to this community. Absolutely. I mean. Uh, and it's been great to me. Yeah. It, it, looking out for it. There was, a ch- there was a time where Robbie was going to leave and move to Toronto. Yeah. And I did, got a job in Toronto. Yeah. You ended up, I, I don't remember what happened, but you ended up getting a job back here like two days later. <laughs> Well, I got the, I quit. I put in my notice and I let everybody know I'm leaving, going to Toronto. I got a job. I signed the deal. It was on, I was two weeks away from going and uh, I was going to be much like the Pepper and Dylan show, just kind of like the third on the show doing what I do here in Toronto. Right. And then my friend who was uh, going to be the main host of that morning show decided not to go at the end of the day, uh, two weeks before we were set, to, I was set to go. Right. So I, I was like, you know what, this is, it's, it's not the same without him. I could have still gone and it wouldn't have been the same. I probably would have been let go in three months just because it, things had changed. And then, uh, yeah, they were nice enough to let me kind of slide right back in. Yeah. And I mean, thank goodness for us that you were uh, still here and, and part of the show. And if you weren't, I don't know, it'd be, it'd just be me oh, hanging right here right now. You guys, would, it would carry on. Ah, Robbie. <laughs> See, that's why I was saying, I don't think you guys... Understand your celebrity because, like, even my first year of uh, at Nate for radio, like I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be a Robbie the intern type character. Ah, it's fun. <laughs> I mean it, right? And like, I don't. You get to do so many things that no other job would allow you to do, right? Yeah, right? That, that's very true. And even just my first month here, I've like basically uh, done my biggest fears. Like I was terrified to sing in front of people. <laughs> I could tell. I could kind of tell because it was the same with me. I, like I, uh, you brought your guitar around, <laughs> yeah. Pumpa Pum Strum <laughs> with Savan, which which was a lot of fun. But I, the same with me, man. I I had a huge fear of that and and public speaking. And I think that's a big reason why I got into radio. It just helped me kind of conquer that fear and, and get over it. Yeah, like right? talking with you guys. That first week was terrifying. Right. <laughs> it still is every day, but I'm, I'm, it's getting easier and easier every day. But that is, it's just, it's fun, uh, like facing those fears and even shaving my head. I've been terrified to do that. <laughs> I was like, why not do it? Get it you embrace in front of Edmonton. Right. Well, those fears don't end, uh, by the way. Like when Pepper went to rehab, I was terrified. I'm like, oh no, I have to, I have to push the buttons and try to fill that space that Pepper left, which is like, that's an impossible gap to fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you right. haven't, by the way. I was. Well, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. I've, so it, it's, it's terrifying because, and so that never really ends. No. <laughs> it's but, such a unique, fun position to do what we do. And I remember the reason I got into it was because I was in love with the morning show mm-hmm. uh, where I lived. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so cool. I just thought like every morning I turned it on, it was just like you had friends on the radio. And, and I try to remind myself that all the time is that I, I didn't think much about them. I didn't think about what they were doing. I just, they were buddies on the radio. And when I turned it on, it was just like comforting. And to think yes. that perhaps maybe for 15 years in this city, we've been some sort of comfort in some way is such a cool cool thing to have and uh, uh, definitely don't take it for granted that it, we have that ability. Uh, my goal has been and has been for the last uh, many years is to get to 20 years uh, with the same show. And uh, <laughs> whether we will or not, I mean, we're coming up. Is it not uh, January 9th or something? Isn't that it? When February 9th? When oh is my it? God, Dylan. Isn't 15 it's, years coming up? It's like, like today. No. <laughs> It, Honestly, is it January six? Is 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 today the day? It is coming up so soon because my fifteen years in radio yeah. is Feb second. 
Yeah, yeah. That's so the day we I started, started as an on January seventh. Like it might be tomorrow. The eight. I I in my mind I I I hear eighth. What year was it? Two thousand six. Two thousand and six. Somewhere in January is where January two thousand six. Because I remember and I, and Savan, you mentioned just kind of like lucking out into a, like it just kind of like fell together. Yeah, it was the same for me. I was the last person in my radio class to get an internship. And I was thinking of leaving radio because I just want to be a producer and make play with audio and stuff. And I just, the, the station I was working at, the, the producer there didn't want anything to do with me. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm trying to get in at, at, for an internship. And then things just kind of all came together. The Pepper and Dylan show started in Edmonton and I had a friend working at the station. So that's how I know it's 2006, Dylan. See, I'm, <laughs> it's funny. I just Googled to try to find out the answer, uh, which it doesn't have here available. But the funnier thing is, Searches related to uh, when did the Pepper and Dylan show start? Yeah. Uh, why is Pepper living with Dylan? <laughs> uh, Pepper and Dylan podcast. Uh, Pepper and Dylan fired. Yeah. Where are Pepper and Dylan? Yeah. Pepper and Dylan rehab. Pepper at rehab Pepper and Dylan. Really? Yeah, those are the biggest uh, finds. And then our Instagram as well. So I, I think we have to look into this after because I th- we always forget every year. Yeah. But I believe it's like Jan 8th or 9th. Our Something. old show producer, Sean, will know. But, um, really? Yeah. I'll ask him right now. But things just all kind of came together for me. And when the show started, they needed somebody. Dylan was d- doing two jobs at the time. He's like, we need a producer. Mm-hmm. We need somebody. Get, get an intern. And I was the last one in the class. And it was like, the, it's the best job I could have ever wanted. So I was yeah, no so kidding. lucky. <laughs> After almost uh, leaving radio and thinking, what have I done? I've wasted the last two years of my life going to radio school. <laughs> right. And then boom, it was just, it was so lucky. So things do kind of have to align uh, work hard and, and, and luck, I guess. Sean says January 4th, 2007. I think you're right, though. It's no, 2006. Because we're definitely here in 2006. Jan 4th, though? Did no, we miss eight, it? Eight. It's got to be. We'll look it up. We'll figure this out. I'll find it. No, he, they, he just said 2006. It was the year I got married. So that's how he remembers. Yeah, it's, it's definitely 2006. So 2006, January. It's, it's like right now. We've hit 15 years. It's insane that we always forget. Every year, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, the idea is to make it to 20. And uh, hopefully that your experience was good here and we can continue using you for the next little bit. Savan, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I've been blessed to have this opportunity. So thank you. No, you've been great. We really, really enjoyed having you. And uh, it's going to be different when Pepper gets back. And we don't know exactly when Pepper gets back. No. Uh, we just know that he's leaving rehab today. It's going to be weird. I'll tell you this right now. We can pull back the curtain here because we're on the after show show. It's going to be weird uh, trying to get back into everything because uh, for those of you who have, have not paid attention or reached out to Pepper or whatever it is, we, Pepper and I have not talked longer than one 45 minute conversation in, in a rehab, like I was part of his rehab facility uh, doctor meeting, whatever. Yeah. That's all we've talked. Yeah. During this entire time. Uh, when he uh, originally... Uh, went to rehab. Um, I was talking to him like a week uh, and in the days leading up until he went. And I was kind of dealing with all the things behind the scenes that were going on. And he, yeah, cause he originally he was sick. Mm-hmm. So he had to, he had to quarantine before to get his COVID test. Right. And during that time, right. things happened, which led him to go to rehab. Right. So and he was off the show, and, but you were talking to him on and off. We talked on and off. And then after I, I, I him and I basically, uh, have not talked. And there's there's reason on my side as to why it hasn't. It's been many, many years of him and I uh, working together and obviously the drama that comes with that. Dylan's getting upset! Him and him out of, in and out of rehabs and me being there for him and then just how he's treated people, uh, including myself throughout the years. I just, I had had enough. I had to go to therapy uh, a couple times myself just to get my head straight because I was just, I didn't know what to do. I was mm-hmm. just uh, beside myself with everything that was taking place. I knew he needed to get help. Uh, and and so I just, well, I wanted to step back and, and take some time. So we have not had the daily interaction and the daily conversations that we normally would. However, tomorrow he's coming in at 9.15 yeah. uh, uh, into a meeting with the, me, you, uh, Robbie, and uh, our boss, Leanne. Yeah. And so it will big be show meeting. It will be awkward. It's going to be weird because you and him have talked. Yeah, I've talked on and off because I'm I'm in a completely different situation 
Right. Even over the past 15 years, we are so close, but I am like, it's just, I'm not in the same situation as you. Mm-hmm. He hasn't treated me that, like it's, it's, it's completely different. Right. And so it's going to be uh, unique. I mean, uh, him and I have both said uh, through text messages during Christmas or whatever, that we want to get to a great place and we want the show to continue and we both, that's what we want. Yes. Now it will just be, how do we get there and, and, and where, where will we go? If you've been listening to his lives, he does live updates on his Instagram. Instagram. Uh, it sounds to me like there is, he's realized a lot about his life. He's realized a lot about himself and some really good things that will hopefully uh, help out both the show, our relationship, his relationships, uh, just in general. I really think that he comes back uh, enlightened. Yeah, and like you said, like you said, uh, it's not like a dry out facility that he went to. No, it, 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 he told me like as soon as he got there, one of the first things he realizes <laughs> he doesn't have a giant alcohol problem. Sure. It is so much deeper than that, right? And that's what he's been working on uh, for the last forty-two days, right? So it's going to be unique. It will be an interesting way to start uh, our day tomorrow. Right after the show is for all of us to talk, and it's like it's awkward, it's weird, it's like there's there's nerves involved. It's it's people that have been together for fifteen years uh, every single morning that haven't talked in a while. There's some so, some anger between both of us. There's some things that have happened, things have that have been said, and so it's it will be unique for us to start. Uh, the conversation in person tomorrow. Well, I'll, I'll let you know, he is super anxious about it. Is he? Yeah. And yeah. I just try to ease the mind. Like, it, it's going to be good. It's it's going to be... Yeah, like, I, we all want it to be good. It's going to be positive. It's going to be productive. And we're going to get him back as soon as possible. Yeah, so that that happens for us tomorrow. And then, of course, um, like, I, I, I sympathize with the fact that he is leaving rehab. And, and okay, if it's not the alcohol and, and, and perhaps maybe the alcohol, like he said, isn't the main focus, uh, it's other things that happen in his life. But you got to think, like to be in a facility where you were amongst 15 other like-minded people in similar scenarios that have found themselves at the same situation of you, there is a lot there that you can talk and confide in and bring up. And yeah. there's a lot there uh, of people who understand your journey on a different level. Mm -hmm. And then you've got doctors every single day, hours upon hours of doctors and talking about yourself and your past and like finding out things about yourself that you probably had no idea existed. Or buried. Right. Yeah. And so that's coming to the surface. And then there's someone kind of walking with you, holding your hand that entire time. And then to be released back into, well, the place that you left. And when you left, everything was a mess. And so you now have relationships to rebuild and those would be like with his his ex-wife who ended up uh setting up the entire thing mm -hmm. uh his children his friends his workplace like everything that he left behind for the last six weeks you now have to kind of tiptoe back into so that you don't end up in the exact same place i mean it's easy when you're in a facility I'm saying this, I don't know, I haven't been there, but it's easy in a facility to learn and to understand and to have a different perspective. But as soon as everyone holding your hand is gone, you're on your own. And everything that you've talked about and everything that you have learned during that time is now, now's the time to put it into practice. That's the real world. Right? And so I, I, I am not envious of his situation of coming back and like no. just the fact that he has to cook dinner for himself again. <laughs> just the fact that he has to eat meals on his own. Just the fact that he has to avoid some of the places he used to go to all the time, right? Yeah. Well, it, just, it just kind of reminds me of, you know, you see the videos of people who rehabilitate animals mm -hmm. and then they, they they all get together and, and release it into the wild. Right. And all of a sudden a hawk comes down and <laughs> oh, grabs it. Like, <laughs> well, let's hope that's not the case. That, that's what, yeah, that would, yeah. So I feel for the guy. It would be, it would be a tough time. Yeah. And, and so uh, if he needs a week, great. If he needs more than a week, we're, we're more than okay with that. Whatever it takes for him to uh, reintroduce himself. Uh, back to his regular life, but in a, a positive manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what uh, we're kind of focused on to help him uh, get there. And yeah, I don't know what the conversation, like the conversation will be weird tomorrow. I can tell you guys that right now. It'll be, it's going to be awkward at first. Yeah, because we haven't said it. Like I've hardly said anything to him, someone right. I talked to for the last 15 years every single day, right? Hours upon hours, we've hardly said yeah. anything It'll to him. It'll be awkward other. between you two. Mm -hmm. Like, I, 
I'm confident I'm okay. <laughs> you wrecked his car. <laughs> I told him though. I told him yesterday I had to. You, you what I did feel, he say? Because I have this this weight on me, and I feel so anxious. I don't want to ruin his return. Because, mm-hmm. like I said before, he's been he's been away 42 days. Yeah. One of the first things I'd want to do when I get home was is drive my car. Right. That, my expensive nice car that's been sitting there. Sure. For, for almost two months and he's going to get in it and he's just going to be like Robbie right and just trigger him to just go straight to the bar or something no so, yeah let's hope not so yeah that's that's all so I let him know and he's like dude it doesn't matter right so you, I can already tell oh yeah cool alright <laughs> chill pepper <laughs> yeah, I like this I like it yeah. uh, it'll be interesting just to see what kind of person we get when, when he comes back like obviously he's not going to be a completely different person but like you can't help but be uh, changed in some way after 42 days of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm assuming we're gonna get the same the same uh, jokester, the same guy at, at, at the same, core, same crazy mind. I hope so. I same really fun, that, entertaining mind. That I that I hope. I mean, because uh, the the show has been it's been fun with you, Savan. It's been fun with you, Robbie. Uh, but it, it has absolutely missed the part. Oh of my Pepper. god! And I, the, it just made me realize how like his brain is perfect for this job. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's just, it, the way it works is what makes, I don't know. It just makes him so good at what he does. See, and it, he, he's super talented, but the, the thing I noticed most about the dynamic of this show and it's super, I didn't, I, I guess maybe if I had thought about it, I would have realized it, but I never really did think about it. But like, I cannot be Dylan without Pepper and <laughs> Robbie hard. cannot be Robbie Without Pepper and Dylan. No. And it's so unique to watch it unfold in front of your eyes because you are who you are at your core, but it's the other people who are bringing out your character more than ever. ever. And so like a lot of people have said like, oh, you really, uh, you sound more like kind of the Pepper on the show right now. And I'm like, ah! Yeah, ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> no! Like your voice hasn't gone up 17 octaves. Right? I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want to be sounding like the Pepper. But honestly, uh, without Pepper being who he is, I I don't have the same ability to be who I am. And, and I uh, actually have to pay attention for the entire show. <laughs> right? That's the biggest thing I've changed. Like I feel, and it's not, it's my own fault, but I feel so high strung. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I it's getting better and better as the days go on, but it's just something about feeling exposed. Right. I feel exposed and high strung. I don't know. I, maybe because of 15 years, I, I it's more of a chill job during the show. Sure. I have other stuff to do after the show, which which is hectic and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you always, you always but, are here the longest and work the longest. But during the show, it's kind of, it's not as stressful as, as the two main hosts. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. And that's kind of how I've had to adjust. But uh, yeah, and I, I uh, we've always said, and, and it is 100% true, because the three of us know each other so well, and have worked together for so long and have had a friendship for many, many, many years. Um, it's really not that hard of a job. It really is just a fun, like if you think when you go over to a buddy's garage or you and the girls get together and you're just chatting and laughing and joking and building on stories, that's what we get to do every day. Right. There's pressure that comes with the radio show for ratings. There's pressure that comes for uh, making sure that we're doing the, the right things for the company. But at the end of the day, it's so much fun. And it's such an easy job to come in and just it's joke around. an easy job when we're all engaged and all clicking. Mm-hmm. Right, but you take that out. Right, it it makes it it's challenging, and even, we have been doing it, so we have experience doing this show, and, yeah. we, and we've tried to do to to maintain that. But it it does it's it doesn't mean it hasn't been easy. Right, the last little while, right? Because I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, the show in in the last six weeks, like uh, I don't it, come in and be like, ah, oh, this is going to be the easiest. <laughs> I, I it's stressful. Uh, I I feel like the first week I was nervous, uh, and not nervous because I didn't think we could do it. I, it was just so different. Like so when we different. would turn on the mics and I would say something that Pepper I knew would catch in a second and yeah. he would be right there. And it, we, I already knew what his head would do and I knew how that, that would sound. And then you would just sit there and stare at me. Like, yep. And I'd be <laughs> like, oh man, this and is going to be painful. It. I recognize that. But uh, a couple weeks into it, I, I feel that the show that we did is good. I feel that it was fine. It's been fun. It's just not the same. It's he, what he brings to the show lets us all be who we are and who we are are the characters that are is closest to our personality. Exactly. So the more pepper I have to be, the less Dylan I can be. And it's not exciting. 
It's, <laughs> it's, it's it, like he, he, he's got to do the, the setups and the work and the, the timing. Robbie's been trying to do the timing for six weeks. I'm getting there. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's going to be fun to have him back. And I think it's going to be better than ever once we get uh, talking, once we kind of all get moving, once he realizes uh, where, where we're coming from, once we realize where he's coming from. I really believe that this yeah. the show could make it to 20 years if we could remember what year it was for God's sake. It was sake. 2006. Yeah, but when in 2006? I think I'm I'm put I'm I'm thinking Savannah, the 8th. It's got to be the 8th. Can you look up the first Monday in January of 20, 2006? That's how you would know. Okay. <laughs> and just see what day it was. 2006. It must have been a it could have been the 4th. No, it was I, the 8th. I remember the 8th for some reason. It was the 8th, somewhere around there. So that means that's Friday. Is that a Friday? No. No, today I mean? Or sorry, uh, 2021 is the 8th of Friday because we got to celebrate. Uh, the 9th. Monday the 9th of 2006. The 9th. Was the Monday. So the January 9th makes sense. Ninth. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So uh, when is that? It's, it's going to be on the weekend. Oh. Ah! <laughs> Damn. Heck with it. Well, we'll make two 15 years. Uh, we wanted to wrap up this podcast. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to follow along with Pepper's journey, if you haven't really uh, been on his Instagram, a lot of people don't have Instagram or don't have the yep. time to watch uh, an Instagram. He has been doing these Instagram lives. He's been doing an Instagram live every Friday during his stay. Mm-hmm. And it was a way for him to uh, talk to people, to thank people that have been reaching out to him, but also just to kind of do what he does. And, and kind of provide, uh, I don't know, the inside workings of his head. And it's something that he wanted to do and yep. that he was able to do. And I think it would be great because yesterday was kind of his wrap-up one. Yeah. yeah. His last day in rehab. So it's about 30 minutes-ish uh, of him talking about the experience, answering a couple questions of what it's been like, and just talking about like how nervous he is to come back and the expectations that lie upon him. Uh, from people who just want him to be better. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I think if we could leave the show with that, uh, it's it's sure. a unique yeah. uh, insight to someone who has just spent 42 days inside of a rehab facility. Yeah, yeah. So we'll leave you with Pepper by himself in his room as mm-hmm. he's packing up and getting ready to return home. And then next week might be the very first after show show of 2021 with, with Pepper back and we can kind of find out firsthand what it was like from him. Yes, so yes. So here he is. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Click the button. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for joining on this, the um, final uh, Instagram live and final report from the Sunshine Coast Health Center uh, where I have been, today is day 41 of 42 days of uh, me being here. Sorry there isn't a lot of light right now, but the power's out. Um, but this is uh, day 41 of 42 days that I've been here um, trying to um, recover uh, and have treatment for addiction and depression and uh, mental health. And um, it's gone um, as maybe you would suspect things like that would go, where there are a ton of highs and a ton of lows and uh, very regularly all within the same day, sometimes within the same hour and sometimes at the same time. So it's it's been a... um, stressfully relaxing, enlightening experience. Does that, I know some of those kind of contradict each other, but I think the whole process of recovery is a contradiction. Um, and, uh, and the enlightenment is the best part of all of this. And it's not really the enlightenment. This is not a dry out center, right? I had those options, right? When people got together to decide where I was going to go, dry out centers was, was an option. And that's basically where they kind of bring you into what would look like maybe one step above a jail and one step below a hospital. And uh, uh, they basically take away all your privileges, your phone privileges, your television privileges, your exercise privileges, and they just dry you out and uh, put you through some, you know, your basic garden variety 12-step program and hope that you are uh, um, on your way. And um, what you learn here is that uh, there are many, many guys, there's about 24, 25 guys here right now, and uh, there are many of those guys have been to those centers and find themselves back here. And truth be told, there are many guys that have been here that find themselves back here. The success rate is not 100%. The success rate is 
only 100% um, within, you know, the people that are here and within ourselves and what we do when we get out. And that's where I am um, very nervous to leave, very uh, scared to leave, very activated, very anxious to leave. Um, anxiety is a large part of everybody's lives, especially with what's happening with us environmentally. But um, it's, um, I'm noticeably anxious, I'm noticeably nervous. And um, for a lot of reasons, I think the, you know, there are emotional attachments that I now have to this place. A lot of friendships that I've made. People, it's funny when you get together with people and you all have a shared experience, how, how good the friendship can be. And uh, that was definitely uh, something that I noticed almost immediately for somebody who, like me, who's uh, somewhat of a social introvert, to be able to connect with people right away. Um, you know, when you find somebody that has a shared kind of vulnerability and you can connect with perfect strangers pretty quickly. And uh, I was lucky enough to benefit by that here. So I'm, I'm sad to leave those friendships because to be quite honest, I can maintain some level of connection with everybody here, but people go their separate ways. Man, I used to live in Toronto and had a lot of good friends in Toronto and I don't talk to them every day, I'll tell you that. So that happens, and, um, but I think the relationships were meaningful enough that, uh, that um, you know, we'll be together in, in, or connect somehow in some form. A lot of good people here, a lot of good staff here. Um, and I think... The beauty of this place is also the detractor of this place in that you're isolated. You're in the middle of nowhere on a compound on the ocean with beautiful, you know, fields and forests and hills and a beach and, and all these great programs that you can take throughout the day. And, and, but the real world is happening on the other side of that road. And, uh, I haven't been on the other side of that road for six weeks. So tomorrow I go on the other side of the road and that's when, uh, uh life will begin, become challenging once again. And I guess that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared of just the anxieties that come with the everyday hustle and bustle and the anxiety that comes with being back and my life beginning again. Um, and uh, I just hope I can do it. And it's not... It's not the alcohol or, or the using that I'm, I'm afraid of falling back into. I can confidently say, although famous last words, right? But I can confidently say that, uh, that I'm not afraid of that substance addiction piece anymore because I realized that that was a byproduct of a bunch of other things that I've been able to work on, flush out, discover, understand, recognize all that shit. And uh, it's just the fear of, Judgment and failure, I guess, to be totally honest, right? It's that tricky balance that I have that I'm struggling with of uh, getting out of here and trying to live life proving to others that I'm, I'm more whole now. Um, I have better self-respect. I have better outward respect. The, you know, the trick between um, proving it to others or just doing it for myself. And the obvious answer is to do it for myself and others will will recognize it, but that can be hard. That can be hard, especially in circumstances like mine and like many who um, end up hitting their, you know, their rock bottom. Um, and there's a lot of casualties along the way with rock bottom. So these casualties that you create, these broken foundations, these broken relationships that that are, you know, your fault and, and, the, and you have to go back and, and try and like win back favor in like, you know, as quickly as you can when that's, you know, impossible. So recognizing that's important, but actually believing it and respecting it is, uh, is important. But um, I hope that if I can move slow enough in life and just live a little more in the moment instead of looking forward to three days down the road, three weeks down the road, three months down the road, and just kind of live now and slowly process every situation I'm confronted with that I, I hope that I can somehow maintain some level of uh, balance in um, being good to me and being good to others. Because um, I think they're, well, not synonymous, but they're hand in hand. And uh, so that's important. I'm sorry that the tone is rather somber, but I am very emotional right now. Like I'm very... I don't know what I am. Like, I'm sad and nervous and afraid and excited to get home, too. I'm excited to see my kids. I'm excited to get back to work. Somebody asked, when am I getting back to work? Uh, I get back tomorrow afternoon and uh, into Edmonton. And uh, then on Thursday, I'm going into the studio after the, sh the Dylan and Robbie finish the show. 
and uh, we're going to have a couple uh, a meeting and chat about some things, some personal things, some work related things. And we're aiming for a return to the show. I'm going to take a little more time off just to kind of, I don't know, reacclimate with everything. And uh, we're aiming for a return to the show sometime between the following Wednesday or the Monday after that. So kind of depends on like insurance and short term disability claims and all that sh- boring shit. But somewhere around there is when I'm uh, returning to work. So that's that's the plan right now. Um, you know, um, there are um, a, a, a lot of concerns that I have about uh, just my life, but I, I'm not concerned about picking up where I left off with work. I think that um, as far as our radio show goes, um, I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun. In fact, it's some of the things that kept me away from my depression uh, during the past year and a half. I had realized you know, halfway through my stay here that it really wasn't the addiction. I was chronically depressed for a really, really long time. And, um, you know, what got me out of bed oftentimes were two things. One was knowing that for three and a half hours, I didn't have to think about anything but having fun. And as stressful and pressure, pressure, as much pressure as the job is, it's also a lot of fun. So those three and a half hours were, so then I only had 21 and a half hours. Is that right, Math? 21 and a half hours to, to be depressed. And that's when I turned to addiction and self-loathing, you know, to, to solve my problems. And uh, clearly when you use alcohol to, uh, to, uh, to avoid what you're feeling, um, it works until the alcohol gets out of your system and then it's twice as bad the next time. So uh, good advice for anybody who likes to drink to drown their sorrows. Uh, all it does is kick the sorrows down the road until you're not drinking anymore. Um, sounds obvious, but hard to realize when you're drinking every day. Um, somebody asked, um, what is the one thing that I learned? There's not one thing here. There are dozens of things that I learned, um, but I've had a few uh, really significant moments here. Uh, one, uh, and I've talked about this on other lives, one was that I learned that uh, how important it is to let your guard down with and be accountable with the mistakes you make, own the mistakes you make, whether they're severe or relatively benign, um, there's a lot more power in admitting you're wrong than pointing the finger at somebody else. So being able to do that is, you know, a commitment to to a lifetime change, um, but also, you know, something that uh, you can realize is a lot easier once you do it. So that was a big one. Uh, I also realized a lot about my past history in my life uh, f- as a kid and growing up and some of the, the, uh, the tougher times when I was a kid that, um, that I'd always been aware of, um, that had always been kind of, you know, that has been bouncing around in my head like, like, a, like a bunch of ping pong balls and I was able to kind of flush them out through, you know, a process that's intimate to me through writing and through sharing in these private um, group sessions, group therapy sessions that we have. And, and as I was writing it out and as I was sharing it, it, it kind of, all the pieces came together and I started to realize that like the connection, I was able to connect the dots on like how things happened in my past and how they've led to where I am now by myself, just not recognize them and making mistakes, you know, to cope for the moment as opposed to, you know, looking a little further down the road. And, but the most important realization with that and how this applies to a lot of people, because a lot of people have some, some dark stuff and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself from previous lives, but you know, how, how that helped me was recognizing not that it did happen and not that it had, you know, it, it, it was a chain and it led to the next link to the next link, but how you're really able to just break it. You know, things that happened to you in your past, a death in the family or some sort of abuse or any sort of misfortune or trauma, um, it'll always be a part of you, but it doesn't have to define your future. And I think that I, w- I had just kind of submitted and succumbed to the fact that maybe my future is predetermined based on my past. And that's just fucked up. That's not true. That's not real. And to kind of realize that, you know, it's, it's obvious. It's an obvious statement, but to actually process it with your own personal experiences and see it and then be empowered enough to break that chain and then move forward is, um, is a pretty fucking great feeling. And so, you know, if, if, Everybody, anybody else is feeling those feelings like it's well worth the process of actually feeling the feelings. And that leads me to another thing that I've, I've, I've learned here is that avoiding what you're feeling, whether it's through escaping with addiction or just trying to bury it, 
Um, I mean, how many times has, you know, we had a, uh, have we had a boyfriend or a partner or a spouse or whatever piss us off because they clip their toenails and leave the nail clippings on the bathroom floor and you just bury it, you bury it and it turns into resentment, right? As much as that or, you know, how to feel the feelings in the moment and live with them as opposed to just, this is uncomfortable. I'm angry. This is uncomfortable. I'm jealous. This is uncomfortable. I'm insecure. And then just try and ignore it as opposed to going, okay, well, why am I? You know, why am I feeling like that? Why am I behaving like a piece of shit right now? You know, why am, just ask yourself why you're feeling that way instead of just going, like, I don't like how this feels. I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to change the, my direction right now and do something completely different, right? And, uh, and that can quickly lead to any sort of addiction or, or, uh, or, or, you know, instant solution, which really you need everything, everything in life is about long-term solutions, long-term vision, right? So that was a pretty valuable thing to learn. Like if I'm sad, which I'm very sad about a lot of things that have happened in my life recently over the past, you know, eight, eight, I don't know, three months. Um, but feeling sad and recognizing why you're sad and recognizing how you got to be sad is pretty important. It's uncomfortable and it's shitty. It's like when you have to, when you're driving on the yellowhead and you're between gas stations and you have to poop, right? Sometimes you just, you, you can either shit yourself, right? Or you can just breathe and let those shit cramps pass. And sometimes you might shit yourself. Um, but other times, if you breathe and relax enough, you'll make it to the bathroom. And then you'll usually get there and there'll be somebody using the bathroom and you'll shit yourself there on the floor of the shell. But you tried to get there and you did your best you can to get there. So that's that's an important little piece of, of uh, advice that I can give you. Don't shit yourself. But if you do shit yourself, try not to shit yourself, right? And if you shit on the floor, offer to help clean it up because that's not cool to just walk out and leave the person at the gas station to clean it up. Uh, another question was, um, what was my most surprising takeaway? Um and I wrote that down and I wanted to answer that because it's, it, it was really surprising. This is what was surprising about it. I realized internally at this place, at this facility, how normal everybody is, even though we're all fucked up. If you close your eyes and think about what you think maybe a heroin addict might be in your mind if you've never known one, or a crack addict might look like in your head, you probably picture the same thing I did before I got here, right? My addiction was alcohol. It's pretty common. And then when you meet people that have those, what we would call like extreme addictions, they're all the same. In fact, I've learned that alcohol is the hardest one to quit out of all of them, including heroin, which was surprising. But people addicted to heroin and crack are normal fucking people with addictions that sound jarring, but they're just addictions. They're just problems. They're struggles, just like we struggle. So the next time you see somebody, just, I don't know, I don't want to generalize, but we had a good conversation, me and a couple other guys, by realizing like how normal everybody is. Sometimes if you see somebody who's down on their luck and doesn't have a place to live and living on the streets, maybe they didn't do it to themselves. Or maybe they're trying to get better. Or maybe their problems are a lot more common to our problems than we might think. So a little compassion, I think, can often go a long way in situations like that. Um, and I learned also, speaking of that, just through everybody being so kind and messaging me and encouraging me and supporting me and also sharing with me their stories, how freaking common these mental health issues, depression, suicide, addiction, how common it is. So not only does that person on the street might be, not only are they maybe battling something that you are familiar with, but the person, you know, driving next to you on the way home from work or the person sitting next to you at work or your neighbor might be battling something that you have no idea about. And um, I appreciate everybody who messaged me and, and shared their stories and said, what can I do? And uh, I've said this before, and I am still formulating a what I am excited about because I have in my past two weeks here, I've taken on a bit of a leadership role. I'm one of the old guys here now uh, in age and in time spent. And um, by the way, I don't feel 45 just for the record, right? Like I was hanging out with a guy who's like 26 years old and I felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm as cool as him. And then I see other guys that are forties and I'm like, oh, that guy looks like a grandpa. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm the oldest guy, second oldest guy here. Anyhow. Um, 
But I've 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 realized here that, that where was I talking? About? Anyway, that I want to when I get home, I'm really going to do something with all of this, and I want to reach out or people to reach out to me in small kind of in small groups, like bit by bit, and uh, create some sort of discussion group because the power of discussion, the power of shared experiences to create a conversation, is what got me through this. Is what made me realize more than anything else, more than the one-on-one therapy or the crazy hypnotherapy or this electric thing that zaps your head. Mm-hmm. More than anything, it was the opportunities to sit around on these really comfortable couches. Hot though, leather, make your back sweat, and I sweat a lot anyway. But we would sit around on these and have these long-ass conversations about everything from relationships to family to accountability to addiction. And how wonderful it was to help others realize things that maybe they're not looking at the right way. Or to help other, or to have people help me with ideas that I didn't think about for recovering. So... It, it was pretty cool. And that's something I would like to take with me when I get home. And I plan to do that. But there's this little thing called COVID that present, prevents that from happening right now. Um, somebody also asked what my relationship with my parents has been like over this. They've been, you know, uh, along with uh, Kristen and my friend Sharon and my friend Pam, um, they have been some of the most supportive people the entire time I've been here. And um, putting a lot of their needs aside to see how I'm doing. And I'm trying to put my needs aside to see how they're doing. But uh, my parents have been amazing. I FaceTimed them yesterday. I mean, if anything, they're just super bored because of COVID. Um, but, uh, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see them again whenever I'm allowed to see them again. Although one fear that I have, I was uh, over the weekend. Sorry if I'm going long here. Over the weekend, I was hit. Like, I knew I was leaving on Wednesday, et cetera. And on a Saturday night, something happened where I was made emotional, made sad, um, the reflection of an old relationship. And uh, I knew better than to reflect on that, uh, but I did it anyway. And it really set me back to almost day one and just made me super emotional. I was very upset about it. And uh, for my own damn reasons, my own damn fault. But, um, and uh, what what that signaled to me is one, I got to figure that shit out. And two, um, it scared me because I've done all this work for 42 days and uh, the first little tiny sign of something uncomfortable and I fell apart. And so I kind of put that in the context of when I get out, what happens when something really bad happens? And you know how this is linked to my parents is they aren't getting any older or, or any younger. So what happens when something like that happens and how I'm gonna handle that? And uh, you know, a flat tire can ruin a day, but how you react to the flat tire is, you know, the real important thing and how will I react to really bad news? That's, that's truly one of my big, big fears, but my parents have been awesome in all of this. Somebody said, what happens when I get home? Do the programs continue? Yeah, they have a good, like, it's called the alumni program and there's meetings and it's kind of shitty with COVID as is everything, but, um, you know, there's online stuff and once that, you know, you can meet in person, they do those quite regularly as well. Uh, let's see, uh, what else? Uh, what is the plan to keep good habits? I've kind of spoken about that. It's just being mindful, um, in, uh, uh, to my needs and what I need and, and, you know, a full cup of my own, um, strengths and courage and love will probably, um, be able to then, you know, fill the cups of others. And, uh, you know, I learned that there are a lot of people out there who are trying to fill their own empty cup with other people's love and it never works. It never works because then you just take and take and take in relationships and keep on looking for ways out or, or ways to get more. And it's super fucking unhealthy. And I was like that for a long time, just taking and taking and taking. It's one of the reasons why Kristen and I broke up. Like another reason is we didn't get along very well. But the other reason is, is because no matter how much she told me she loved me, I just never felt it enough. I wanted more. I needed her to love me more. I needed her to love me more. And then finally she's like, I, I, I can't do that. It happened in my last relationship with Sherry too. She was just like, it's never enough for you. And look how those ended up. So, yeah. Had I been able to satisfy myself and love myself, and trust me, I'm loving myself probably three times a week here, but it's a different thing. And um, and the walls are thin. Um, but if you're able to do that, then you're not going to rely on other people to make you feel good. And what you're going to do is you're going to feel even better and the relationships are going to become more important, more meaningful, more rewarding. So... You know, too little, too late to learn that. Um, but I'm not looking back. I'll look forward on that. 
That's pretty decent advice. You could probably read that on Instagram with plenty of people posting memes, but that came from me. Uh, what else? Yeah, so that's my plan to keep up good habits, is to keep looking in within myself and rewarding myself. I'm going to write a lot. I'm going to write a ton. I've been writing a shit ton here, and I'm going to keep doing that because I enjoy that. Uh, like we've talked about in great detail, I'm going to continue to knit toques. I've got a little bit of a problem here because I can't bring all my toques home. I have to pay for an extra uh, box to, to, uh, to take home with me. So that's a bit of a struggle, uh, but I'll manage. You know, if that's my biggest problem leaving recovery is that I don't know how to get my toques home, that's probably an indication that recovery went better than you might have expected. So um, I guess that's it. Um, some people want me to continue with these live updates here and there when I get home and progress updates. So I'm going to do that uh, here and there. I don't know if they'll be regularly like every Friday at four o'clock or anything like that, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to do that. Um, in, in some regard, and I'm going to continue building a plan where I can take this platform and this experience and somehow try and figure out a way where other people who may not be fortunate enough to, to find this quality of help can rely on their peers and people around them with shared experiences. It's better than nothing. Um, if you are dealing with this kind of stuff, there's a lot of things you can Google online. I'd recommend something called Smart Recovery, which is what we use here. For some people, Alcoholics Anonymous is a valuable tool. So you can try that. That's not for everybody, but it works for millions of people across, across the globe. So Smart Recovery, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Gamblers Anonymous, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, you know. And for families, right, there's your typical shit. There's Al-Anon and ADAC or just send me a message. Uh, a lot of people have done that, and I appreciate it, and uh, I try to respond to every single one. So, But, you know, like just the fact that I get so many of them shows you that this is a real fucking problem. And it doesn't start with the alcohol or the drugs or the porn or the shopping or the sensory addictions. It starts with what your behaviors are like, why you might be broken, why you might be hurting. And it starts with mental health. And I've battled mental health my entire life. And I've accepted that depression is not going anywhere. And it can strike at any time. And I need to understand how to live with that and how I can use it to make myself um, stronger and be more prepared. Because uh, to do what I did in August, um, I don't want to ever live through that again. And um, I just don't want to live through that again. I want to live, but I don't want to live through that. The thing with depression, and I wrote this in a little, I wrote a little story about depression. And uh, the thing about depression is that um, you can either live with it or you can die with it. So make a deal with your depression. Choose to live with it, but choose to be with it. That's it. Thank you. As I get ready to leave tomorrow, to everyone who um, checked out a minute of these uh, little updates or five minutes of them or the whole thing. And if you did check out the whole thing, get a life. They were long. They felt good for me to do it. I don't know. You know what? I'm just doing it for me, I guess. But hopefully it helps somebody else. Please message me if you want some advice. You want to learn more about this facility. Uh, you want to learn more about... I mean, I'm not an expert, right? I'm not certified to, to dole advice, but I'll give you my experiences. I'll share what I've learned. Um, and maybe that'll help. Maybe it won't. And if it doesn't, I'll build you. I'll knit you a toque. Um, but I truly felt the love, right? We've been saying I love you on the radio show for a long time. Love you. And it kind of became our thing. And I don't think we ever didn't mean it because we value everybody that gets our radio show because let's be honest, it's not for everybody. But um, going through this experience and interacting with hundreds of people, I love you. And I couldn't be more grateful and I couldn't be happier. I could be happier. If I saw more whales while I was here, I would have been happier. Oh my God, listen to this. I'll leave with this. There was a dead seal on the shore the other day. Just washed up dead. I don't know. If you, they don't smell very good. And it was dead as fuck. What we think happened is that a whale bit it 
and it swam away, and then it died, and it washed up on shore. That, way, that seal was dead. Um, anyway, so we barbecued it, uh, and it's a little, it's gamey. So thank you guys. Um, I love you to pieces. I'll be back on the air in the next, I don't know, week, week and a half, whatever. Um, fucking that's it. I'm on a ferry and I go back to real life in the real world and I don't know how I'm going to do, but I'm going to just go and do it one step at a time. To those people that I've hurt, I um, apologize, but I'm not, I know that saying sorry is just more for the uh, apologizer than it is for the apologizee. So for those people that I've hurt, please give me an opportunity to um, show you that um, I've recognized a lot of it and... um, I'm not going to be 100%. I'll never be 100%. But I'll just try and be 1% better. The Pepper and Dylan Show. Weekday mornings on KISS 91.7.